Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the 100th episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Let's get right to it. Let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today? I really been stuck with you for 100 shows already. It's number 100, bro. Wilt Damn. Chamberlain scoring 100. We are at triple digits. Clearly, I didn't write my contract. So what does it say? Like, what? how much longer do I have to deal with you? Like, when do I get the option to be a free agent, start looking at other deals? Like, you know, wh- like when does that happen? You know, all that fine print stuff, you basically... That, bullsh- you, that, that, you, that bullshit crooked thing that you that you pull. Yep, that, that, yep. Your the, pre-lawyer lifestyle. Exactly. It's it's a, it's a contract for eternity, no matter eternity. what. Eternity? You can't get I rid of I me. I that. That's fraud. <laughs> you can't get rid of me as a, as, a, as a partner. So, sorry, as a co-host. Can't do it. Sorry about that. But, JT, as we mentioned, it is our 100th episode. No better way to do it than a recap of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56. And before we start, JT, a couple things. First, we want to thank all of our listeners and followers on social media as well, sticking with us for 100 episodes now. I know it's not easy when you got to listen when you got to listen to JT for 100 episodes, but thank you. Oh, they let us know. They let us know in the comments. They do not want to hear what I have to say. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second, JT, later on in the show. But thank you. Thanks for your patience. We couldn't do it without you. Um, And and the other thing, JT, before we get into it, want to go over what did you think? Because we always kind of pay a little bit of respect to Dr. Dre when we close the show in the beginning, when we talk about the next episode, right? Absolutely. from, From his album. So. What did you think, speaking of Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, what did you think about the halftime show? I don't think it's really fair to ask us because, like, that's our generation right there. Like, everybody that was in that show is like, that's like the golden age of music for us. But, I mean, I loved it. I mean, it was it was exactly what I expected it to be. The only thing is, it just could be me, but I just felt like it was really short. Like, I feel like it was shorter than I remember other halftime shows being maybe because those other halftime shows just don't keep my interest like that you know year over year but I just felt like damn like I wanted more songs like like I wanted I wanted more I wanted it to be I don't know I I wanted more more songs more hits I wanted more like group songs together but I mean as far as what they gave us I mean I can't complain that much because this is exactly what I thought it was going to be and it lived up to the hype yeah, I, I loved it, too. Uh, obviously, like you said, for the reason that's who we grew up watching. Um, I think you're right. It, it did feel short, but I think that was because there were multiple uh, singers and we probably wanted them to sing more than just that half a song and then another half a song. So I think that's because you were always anticipating the next singer and the next singer instead of just seeing one one singer. Um, and then the other thing, though, Joe, though, JT is. I think it lived up to the hype, but 
I think they were billing it as like the greatest ever. And I think that was unfair to them because you've got performances and we've talked about, you've got performances of the halftime show of Michael Jackson, Prince, you know, it's tough to live up to that. But I thought with that many people too. Right. But I thought this was a heck of a show um, and and I enjoyed it. So So cool. We liked it. And if you didn't like it, you're too young. (laughs) All right, so let's get started. The Rams, as you know, were able to sneak out a victory in Super Bowl 56 by beating the Bengals 23 to 20 on a last minute touchdown by Cooper Cup. So, JT, first question off the bat, we always go to this. Did the Bengals lose it or did the Rams win it? I wanted to say the Bengals lost it, but honestly, like when you look at it, I just really think the Rams won it. And especially when you look at like once OBJ got hurt in that game and like he went down and kind of how they were in a lull for a little bit. And then they, they kind of picked themselves up off the mat and then Aaron Donald doing exactly what you expect of a guy of that, that caliber of talent, like stepping up when it matters the most. I mean, you can say what you want. Like they had their moments in this game to put it away the Bengals, but the Rams just showed up when it counted, man. Yeah, I I agree. I thought, you know, it's always a little bit of both, but I thought the Rams did win it because the Bengals, they didn't they didn't throw it away like the Buffalo Bills did against the Chiefs. Right. I think that's safe. They didn't do anything like that. Right. They didn't have a costly turnover or, you know, just uh, something just terrible happened to them. It was the Rams because JT, listen to this, pulling this stat from Keegan abdu of next gen stats right you talk about how did they win i'll tell you why first 11 drives on average their formation meaning the rams had a width of 23.1 yards that means a lot of their formations were bunch formations and i got to give credit to uh one of my guys that sent me this charlie greener shout out um wait a minute hold on time out you got people on payroll that i don't know about <laughs> no, he's not on i payroll. didn't get to use he, this dude he, for information he's 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 oh, a good, on you're gonna shoot you're gonna shoot me his contact info i can do that paying him you I, can't just use him like, i can do that fair. we we can bring him on the show too we can bring him on the show too but and i'm not paying him. <laughs> i right. don't know this man we 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 exchange info on 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 games and how things break down so on their that 12th possession the width of the formation, 26.5. So they started to spread it out. That was one thing they did. Then two, they took their three-by-one sets and went to a two-by-two formation. And then the third thing they did on that 12th drive was hurry-up offense. That allowed the Bengals less subs and to get into not so much of their uh, packages as they would have wanted. And, you know, Stafford and Cup then did the rest. So there's no shame if you're the Bengals in losing the cup in Stafford, especially on a year like this. So basically, this is all to say that the Bengals did not blow it, and it was the Rams that went out, got it done, and made the plays when they had to. And this is what they paid for. Right. <laughs> like exactly. They literally gave away everything. Right. Excuse that, my language. They say fuck them picks, especially for this reason. That Well, you got to add to the potty mouth jar. But that's why you exactly brought in Von Miller, you have Aaron Donald brought in Stafford. OBJ made plays early on, so that's why that's why you did it. All right, so let's look at the let's look at the Bengals here. Joe Burrow was twenty two of thirty three for two hundred sixty three yards and a touchdown. 
JT, I know you want to, I know you want to talk about this, and I think it's a fair question. Were people crowning him too fast as the next great one or as a great one? And I feel bad when we we talk about these because it always seems like I'm coming off as a hater. And I want to say this. It does. You know, you, you know I'm a Joe Burrow fan. I like him. I'm not a hater. I'm just realistic. And I'm consistent, too, because in all of our 100 episodes, we also had this conversation about Patrick Mahomes, too, when people were kind of having these same conversations about him. You know, he came onto the scene. Everybody was starting to throw out that goat word. And I was like, you know, hey, calm down. But I do think people were crowning him a little too fast. First of all, um, shout out to all our guys, uh, Stuff About Sports, Go Marcus, this just in like while you while you were you were working, I was doing the media tour with those guys. And one well, don't forget thing, you're you're missing one, are you not? You're forgetting the goat. Yeah, as I said, go Marcus. Okay, okay. Yeah. So one thing I had to consistently sit through was first of all, everybody saying his full name, like he has earned it, but everybody was saying, you know, everything the Bengals have done is because Joe Burrow is this elite, elite quarterback. And he might be down the road, but I was, I'm always saying pump the brakes. It's one season. And I do think because Burrow is so likable and also too, because like he does show you flashes kind of like what you fell in love with when you saw Mahomes come onto the scene that I can see how we could, we could fall into the trap of crowning him too early, but absolutely you did. And you saw how he played in this game. Like he almost didn't make it out of this game, to be honest with you. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but he still has, you always say it best. Like, Oh, those guys have to go through growing pains. He just did it, you know, a couple rounds later when you thought he was going to do it against the Titans. And I did. Yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll continue to grow, but yeah, absolutely. Everybody was basically ready to name him a top five, six quarterback. And, and it's only been one year. So that's way too early. Yeah, yeah. We always say pump the brake on things. And we, everyone just always loves to crown guys so fast because it's in the moment. Yeah, yeah, and it's in the moment, JT. It's understandable, right? This is what we're seeing right now. So, but he is special. There, there's no doubt. And if he stays healthy, he's going to be special. I'm not saying like Tom Brady's special, but he's going to be special. But, and it's also as sports fans, it's natural to compare. Compare players and crown them in the moment. Like it, yeah. it is, it is natural, and I understand that. And he is that next generation of of talented, possibly generational type uh, talent, you know, player. But you're right. Let's pump the brakes. Let's not crown them too fast. Let's let them do it three, four years in a row, and then I think we can start talking about him as okay. Can he get now to that greatest? in that small, you know, group of group of guys all time. So let's, let's hold on there. Let's hold on. I agree. So speaking of Bengal quarterbacks, JT, you posted. I, get, on, I guarantee you there'll be some new quarterback that comes on the seat next year that you'll, you'll just crown. Like you, you will do this again, even though you say we should. not But I was, I wasn't crowning him, but you're right. I mean, we're, we're going to probably talk about the next person being crowned. There's no doubt. I mean, that, you're right. All right. Well, I don't know why you're calling me out on this. I, I never said Burrow's the next great one. I don't know. I thought I might have heard you say that a few times. But, you know, I could be, you know, getting older. My hearing's not what it used say, to be. I could be listen, wrong. Listen, I said he's special. There's no doubt. So, speaking of Bengals. What? Now you're toning down the adjectives. But go ahead. Go, let's go to Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. You had a, you had an interesting uh, post on IG. 
mentioned prior to the Super Bowl, and I'm paraphrasing here, that Joe Burrow will question whether he will want to resign with the Bengals in the future because of the uncertainty of the Bengals organization doing what it takes to get back to another Super Bowl. So are you concerned about Burrow's future if he stays in Cincinnati long term? I am. And before I give you my answer, I want to say I want to apologize to you, because if you go and look at that post, obviously, like there's, you know, character limits and we have to make things, you know, aesthetically pleasing. So there was a part that I was not able to put in there in that quote where he basically said he said everything that we posted, but he said um, whether the Bengals win or lose that game, this is what he thinks is going to happen. So it was I think people were not in our post, but just in the general public, when he said this, they were like, you know, oh, like we love Joe Burrow. He's the greatest. Like you're hating on him. You're just, you know, that that old bitter ex that, you know, could have get it done and he's yeah. in the Super Bowl. But I think Palmer's got legitimate um, legitimate points. And then if Joe Burrow is smart, he might want to listen to the guy that was just in his shoes, not, you know, maybe like almost a decade ago. So and what, Carson, and what happened to Carson Palmer? Injuries in Cincinnati. Knee, in, knee, knee injury, never fixed the offensive line. Right. Um, incompetent owners in front office as far as making sure to put the right pieces around them and building being aggressive and free agency instead of being cheap so i still think some of those concerns that really kind of ended carson palmer's run in cincinnati like they're there for joe burrow and i do think i can't be naive to think that he's not considering those things and they're not in his mind and you know the people in his camp aren't talking about it but yeah i i think it's a legit point Offensive line. I, we've been talking about it all year. He's getting smacked. He's getting smacked at an elite rate, elite pace. I mean, I feel like I'm watching David Carr all over again, except this guy's good and getting up off the turf. But he's getting hit in the playoffs, too. Carr never made it to the playoffs. He yeah, got sacked but, a record tying seven times in the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Like, seven times in the Super Bowl, nine times in the game against Tennessee. He was the most sacked quarterback to ever make a Super Bowl most sacked quarterback in the playoffs in NFL history. I mean, like these numbers don't add up to a long-term career. Like and, had an e- plays. and had a knee injury because of his offensive line last year. Yeah, yeah. He almost didn't make it out of that game. So, yeah, I think the I think the concerns are legitimate. And it's what we've talked about, offensive line. Are they going to do the right things to put it together? Like, yeah, Jamar Chase is great, but he's, he's not prolonging your career. The offensive line is. I don't think they're going to be consistently aggressive in free agency to extend this window of performance like most teams that have this collection of talent would be doing. So I think Parmo's got a legitimate point, and I don't. Here's the thing. If Burrow plays next year and let's say his sacks don't get cut in half, like there's a legit concern that I would be worried about him signing an extension with the Bengals. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned, too. I mean, I think Carson Palmer is right. JT, the Bengals got lucky having the number one overall pick the year Joe Burrow has his huge year at LSU. Oh, yeah. Let's face it. The that's Dolphins why, couldn't tank correctly. That's the <laughs> only reason they got him. Yeah, that's why they're in this position to begin with, because they have Joe Burrow. Like, you take probably 16 other quarterbacks, this Bengals team doesn't even make the playoffs. They may uh, I don't not know even, about that. That's that team. That team is more well-rounded than people give them credit for. But JT Burrow alone, not alone, but Burrow oh, with he, the weapons. His he, win, his win share counts. Don't get it, me wrong. Like exactly. his presence helps him win but, games. But like to say 
they wouldn't make the playoffs in the AFC North this year. Like, JT, I don't oh, know about that. JT, you're forgetting the Steelers made the playoffs. You're acting like that division was terrible. They were the I'm best not saying division. It was, but I think they it's were the best between, division. It's somewhere between the divisions not terrible and the Bengals aren't terrible. I'm not saying Joe Burrow. I'm not saying terrible, but they're not a playoff team without him. But anyway, listen, they've had 30 years of futility. They didn't win a playoff game from 90 until this year. Actually, 32 years of futility. What makes you think, what makes anybody think that it's going to change, that they're going to get it right consistently for years to come? Because they're going to take Joe Burrow for granted. They're going to presume, we've got Joe Burrow, we can make the playoffs. We don't need to improve or we can cut corners here. Because you said it. That's the other thing I have in my notes, right? Their ownership. This starts from the top and the ownership group. You can't rely on them. They're not dependable. And if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm not depending on them with my career in their hands because I don't think they're going to get it I'm right. <laughs> exactly. Now, listen, they can franchise tag them, which is what they'll do, and they'll buy years. So unless Burrow asks for a trade, I don't know where he can go. But the answer is yes, he should be concerned. We good? I never thought I'd hear you be this angry about it, but go, yeah, we're good. <laughs> I can't believe we're kind of agreeing on a lot of I these points believe, early I can't on. Believe, I can't believe that you said something negative about a division rival, but, I mean, here we are. <laughs> All right, so let, let's go to the other side here, a little bit of the Rams. Aaron Donald, right, pit guy. He had two sacks in the game while being constantly double teamed all night at times, JT, triple teamed. He also had the game clinching play at the end by putting pressure on Burrow, which led to the incomplete pass on fourth and one. Now, over the last couple of days since the Super Bowl, there's been chatter of him being mentioned as the best defensive player of all time. So, JT, is he? Hey, hold on. First of all, we're just not going to skip over the fact that he might have had him a D Ford moment and may have been offsides, but we're not, we're going to acknowledge that, but it's not a topic today. Never um, saw it. Never saw it. Never saw it. Apparently neither did the refs. But um, they didn't see a, a lot of things that night. Hell yeah. <laughs> so this is a really interesting question because I feel like for me, when you're talking about Hall of Fame players or like, you know, all time greatest players at, you know, on defense, offense or a specific position, like let's not kid ourselves like stats matter. You know, obviously that's why they're in the conversation. But I also feel like it's got to be somewhat of like, you know, like, how did you affect the game transcendence? Like, if I just say your name, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the best of all time. Like, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I feel like that's how I look at this sometimes. I feel like I'm going to be very disrespectful to Aaron Donald. He is, I think he's top three all time. Like, I don't even think it's a discussion. But I look at the impact, and for me, I cannot honestly 100% say this. Is he more disruptive and scarier and more feared than Lawrence Taylor was when he was with the Giants. Like, I just can't say like, oh yeah, I'm putting Aaron Donald over, over Lawrence Taylor. And that, that to me, that's who I have as the best defensive player is LT. I mean, like guys were like scared as shit of LT. Just, I mean, guys are scared of Donald, but it's like, this isn't a time where like, they can really hit you. So like, I feel like the fear was more, was, was, it was a higher fear factor. And also too, like, he was able to do more damage because like the rules were a little bit crazier back then. So I'm going to say, no, he's not the best defensive player of all time, but he still has time to change my mind. 
Well, he's definitely top 10 for sure. You went as top far three. as to, you I went as far three. as well, you went as far as top three. I'll say top 10 for sure. Top you got five Steelers guys you're gonna put on that list over him. I get it. Hold on. Top five. He he's in the debate. He's in the debate. But listen, all time greatest. I don't know about that. Like Ooh. I didn't get to watch. We didn't. We didn't get to watch the legends. Mean Joe Green, Budkiss Lambert, and you said it. LT. But JT, we saw the back end of LT. We didn't see him like in his prime, winning yeah. a Super Bowl. You know, you, we saw what he did to Thiesman. Like he changed the way offenses had to scheme playing the Giants. Protections, yeah. Yeah, whether it's a tight end, extra tight end on his side or bringing the running back to his side to chip him off the edge, like that really wasn't being done before where you're taking a running back and chipping a guy because he was coming off the edge so fast. Lawrence Taylor made NFL teams, coaches and players raise their level of intelligence, like pregame and on the field. Real quick. Everybody had to be be smart and on the same page or you're going to end up like Theismann. Right. Zero to 100 real real quick, right? And Ray Lewis, like there's another name, Ray Lewis. I mean, he's more of of an our era. Like, so I don't know if he's greatest of all time. I'm not going to go that far, but I will say this. The dude sometimes gets triple team. And you talk about affecting a game. Bro, you have on the interior scheme. too. Like you, it's not yeah. like they're triple teaming you on the edge. They're right. chipping you with the back, and like they're like somebody's crap blocking. Like they're literally like, look, guard, center. Like three of us are just going to tackle you. Right. And if we had more time, I'd get into how he truly affected the Super Bowl because they were double and triple teaming him and what the Rams did on the other side. But that's for another time. But I mean, I just think that he he does affect the game in such a different way. But I'll say this, JT, if he can continue this pace for three, four more years, regardless of whether he wins he, another he ring. He has but a shot to be he, in the conversation. He's got a shot to be in that conversation, not just top three anymore, but greatest of all time. So, Real quick, who's your number one? I, Sorry, Steeler fans, but I got to agree with you. Again, we didn't see Mean Joe Green because everything I hear, I mean, he, he was something else. But I got to go LT just because of, what we what we've been saying it, it's got to right. be it's lt but i would I say wasn't jo- expecting that from you by the way so I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised i would say joe green's number two. Oh, okay if i can you want to be able to go home i get it that's right that's, i gotta be able to go back to pittsburgh all right so jt this is i'm sure a lot of people saw this on the coin toss i wanted to throw it in so real quick real quick this game has now made Eight has now made it eight straight Super Bowls where the team that won the coin toss did not win the game. So is this something? Is there something going on here? Or is it nothing? No, I'm not falling for your trivia traps. It's not a trivia trap. I'm just asking. No, no, I don't think there's anything to it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm not a superstitious person when it comes to sports. So I'm going to say it's just kind of a coincidence. So. All right, I want to play Monday morning quarterback because, you know. No, you just want to play. I knew Zach Taylor was going to feel at some point, and I'm glad I'm glad it didn't blow up in my face, you know, in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I get it. This is a Zach Taylor bashing question. Uh, this is a uh, Don question. Uh, you want to take credit for this? Hey, they, yeah, of course I'll take credit. Hey, they don't call me the Don of sports for no reason. I told you this was going to happen. 
So Zach Taylor elected <laughs> to go for it on fourth and one near midfield. Nostradamus was three weeks late. I get it. <laughs> hey, still happened. Zach Taylor elected to go for a fourth and one near midfield in the first quarter of the game, and the Bengals did not convert. JT, was it the right move by Zach Taylor, even though we're on the flip side of it now? At the time, did you think it was the right move? To be honest with you, I don't even think it mattered just because Super Bowl, you see crazy things happen, and I think you know – if I'm Zach Taylor, I know in the playoffs, like my team hasn't started hot. So if we have a chance to, you know, do something crazy, that's unexpected. I mean, why not? Because I've seen my team come back. So I have faith. And also it's the Rams. Like, I mean, it's the, like they can, they can do, they can turn on at any moment too. So if we have a chance to, you know, have the defense back on their heels, I just say, you know, go with it. They have the guys that have all the analytics. So I'm assuming it said go for it in the situation. So I'm not going to second guess them because it didn't work. Listen, I'm all about being aggressive and going and getting it and going to get the victory. But as they always say, you can't win the game in the first quarter, but you can lose it. And you might say, oh, it was insignificant. Well, let's let's look at this. It was early in the game. They lost field position on it. And I think it showed his team and everyone else that we are the underdogs. Like, we have to do things like this. He looked desperate in doing that in that he didn't really trust his team in that we're the better team. So we got to go for things like this. And to say it's insignificant, JT, that's where I disagree. The biggest thing was that then gave the Rams field position. And guess what happened on that next drive by the Rams? Seven points with the short field. So you cannot just discredit that as, oh, it was just early in the game. No, it led to seven points. Big decisions in those moments can be the deciding factor, especially even in the first quarter. And I think it came back to bite them. All right. So, so what we learned today is a very valuable lesson. Don hates Zach Taylor. He doesn't think he's a good coach. He thinks he got out coached by Sean McVay. But I tell you what, bro, you hate, can say whatever, hold you, can on, say hold whatever on. you want. We'll, we'll move on. You can say whatever you want. I'm just glad he didn't lose to Mike Vrabel because we would have never heard the end of it. Bro, just because you guys are twins, hate, I know that one hurt. Hate is a strong word. I, I, I do not hate Zach Taylor. I just thought that he had not, he had, he was not the reason why the team was in the Super Bowl. That's all. Okay, agree to disagree. Here goes that Joe Burrow uh, love again. All right, so we're gonna bring back something. I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Um, you can go check the calendar because I know you, you've been looking at the past episodes. So we're actually gonna get it to quick hitters. Keyword quick. So let's see, let's see how fast we can go through these. So uh, T. Higgins scored a 75-yard touchdown on the opening drive of the second half, while Jalen Ramsey was covering him. However, there was an obvious offensive pass interference, but no call by the refs. Should the NFL bring back a challenge via replay for pass interference? Absolutely. I'm not sure why they got rid of it in the first in the first part. Listen, if it's an egregious offense or defensive pass interference, you call the you know you. You call the flag on, on, on the challenge. You see it. You go to the booth. Hey, it's offensive pass interference. Or if it wasn't there. If it's questionable, you don't reverse the call. I think it's that simple. And listen, I think all penalties should be reviewable. Except I for, thought this was quick. Except for – this is quick for, for my standard. <laughs> except, except holding – and let me, let me throw this one last piece out there, JT. If I can give a suggestion, they should have – 
quick two, the two yeah real quick the two challenges there should be a third separate color flag to review a penalty you get one per game if you get it right you get to review another penalty i don't understand I what like that idea i don't understand why you can't challenge an offside challenge a false start right like those are black and white it's either a false start or he's lined up in the neutral zone. I, I don't understand why you can't challenge. Delay a game. Is it zero before the ball is snapped? There's no gray area with that. Even pass interference. Again, if it's egregious, hey, we can we can now call it. They should have a separate challenge for penalties only. You get one a game. If you get it right, you get another one. If you get it right again, you get another one. You should not be punished because they can't get penalties right. Sorry. All right. That was quick for I'm out, of, I'm out of breath. Go. So for everyone listening, two things that we have learned. One, obviously, this is a Don question because he was clearly fired up and passionate about that. And then two, I see why we killed this section because he can't follow the rules. So, you're just as do, bad. Go, I'm look, you're do, just as bad. I'm going to do it for you. Uh, no, I don't think they should bring it back. If they do, only for the playoffs, only because I don't think they have the replay rules to have a perfect game. And if that's not the reason for it, then I don't want them trying to get second chances to make these calls if they miss it. All right, that's quick. Now, let's try this one more time. Uh, there's mixed feelings on this Super Bowl, but Sunday's game averaged, am I reading that right? 112.3 million people. Wow. So which is a 16% increase over last year's Super Bowl. Don, in your mind, was this a top 10 Super Bowl all time? No, no. I, I loved how it was competitive and it stayed close the whole game and it had a nice ending to it in terms of last minute touchdown. And then, a, you know, the Bengals had a chance to tie or take the or, you know, win the game at the end on the last minute drive. But as far as top 10, it lacked a lot of excitement. I got to give credit to defenses. I did like how there was defense, but you still didn't have. It, it, it just missed that flair, JT. You can have a good defensive battle and still have flair. Like, besides the Higgins play and the Beckham play, there were no offensive plays made at all until that last drive of the Rams. So, not a top 10. Sorry. McVay, you got to be quick. Um, to be honest with you, I'll answer this question this way. I always judge if the Super Bowl is great all time by how casual non-fans talk about and react and watch the game. I'm going to tell you this. I had people over to watch this game and majority of the people were not paying attention to the game. They got up for the halftime show, watched a few plays here or there, and then went back to whatever they were doing. So I'm going to say no, because of that, it wasn't the top 10 Super Bowl all time. I want to know how come I was not invited to this Super Bowl party you had. Cause you don't follow the rules. That's why. Also not too, fair. not fair. Also to hold on time out real talk. Shout out to you. Um, because you were on this glorious coaching circuit, you were out there learning from these NFL coaches. They invited you to these combines. And quite frankly, you just weren't available. So um, I'll check with your your uh, your publicist and your schedule next time and see if you're available. If so, I knew please you would, feel free to come visit. I knew you would flip this on me somehow for not inviting me. I didn't even get an invite. Let it's me turn it down. It's always your fault. Let me I, turn I, it I down. Didn't, I didn't want to I didn't want to do a sham interview. Like I knew you were gonna come, so I didn't want to do that. Uh, last quick hitter, Cooper Cup was the MVP. Was that the correct call? No, it should have been. It should have been Stafford. Cup didn't even have 100 yards receiving. JT 92. OBJ had 52, and he played what a quarter and a half. 
Stafford, 283 yards, three touchdowns. What other quarterback in NFL Super Bowl history wins the three, game with three touchdowns? Wins, wins the, the game, game with three touchdowns, no MVP. If his name's Brady, Rogers, Roethlisberger, Payton. If his name's Burrow, he gets the MVP. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Boom. You answered my question. Absolutely. Perfect. And that just adds to the Matthew Stafford hate. Yep. All right, so JT, I almost feel like you should intro this next new segment, but I'll try to do it for us because this is the brainchild of uh, of JT. Did I? All right, so so we're we're gonna intro a new segment. We're gonna try to make it a regular on the show. The name is probably gonna change a few times before we get it right, but the spirit is um, we are thankful for all of our listeners, and we are thankful for all the people that follow us on social media. Um, we wouldn't do it without you guys. I know I know you think we're just saying that to say it, but we really wouldn't because I really wouldn't want to put up with this guy if I didn't have to. But um, as much as we love our followers, uh, I always go in our comments and when we post things uh, to get the temperature of how people feel about certain things. And I notice sometimes when I go to these posts and these comments, I'm really shocked about, you know, how the majority of people feel about certain certain items. So I figure why not make a segment where for now we're going to call it comments or concerns where we discuss the comments made by our followers in the show. So comment is going to be if it's just something that's being said and we don't really think agree or agree that it's a big deal. Rather, if we think it's a concern is that ah these people said something that maybe we should be thinking about and we might need to take a second look at it. So I'm the worst at explaining rules, but does that seem clear to you? Yeah, basically comment means the comment means, hey, it's it's not a big it's it's not a big deal. Yeah, like they're just they're just out there. They're just out there talking craziness. Right. Emotional. Exactly. Yeah. And concern is like, ah, we didn't think about that. Let's discuss it and take a second look because they might be right. Maybe they've got a point. Exactly. We're giving power back to the followers. Oh, I like that. I like that. Let's go. All right, so JT, first up, Kyler Murray isn't a top eight quarterback in in Arizona, should not extend him. So I know I just went on this great monologue about how much you love our followers, which we do, by the way. But I hated this. This is the question is first, because this is ridiculous. (laughs) All I got to say is, do you if you're a Cardinals fan, like, do you know what life was like before Kyler Murray got there? That alone should tell you why you should extend him. Like, he's been in the league gotten better every year you win with him and quarterbacks this talented because he can win from the pocket and he can win with his legs like they don't come around that often and the main things that I've seen in our comments about this is like I'm shocked first of all how many people don't think he's a a top eight quarterback and they don't think he's good because he's short and because they think he's a, a running quarterback and I'm like yeah he's short but I mean he's proven that doesn't affect his game but just because he's mobile doesn't make him a running quarterback. The dude has one of the prettiest pass. He's one of the prettiest passers in the NFL, like, like no doubt about it. But Arizona would be stupid not to extend him. And to be honest with you, the, the fact that they haven't extended him already, already, I think is a big problem. Like, look at Josh Allen. Like, okay, cool. We saw the light came on. Let's extend him. Like, Kyler Murray has played more, more consistent football throughout his career than Josh Allen has. And in my opinion, like, it's a no-brainer. Like, he should already be under contract before the price goes up is there something in between comment and concern because i would use it here no you it's it's either got to be comment or like you legit agreeing with this is a concern listen 
first half of the 2021 year, it's a comment. Second half of the 2021 <laughs> year, it's a concern. JT. I didn't make this section for you to fence it. I want you to be direct. Choose a no, side. You're gonna no, be wrong. It's, you're gonna be right. It's a comment and a concern. I think you need to see what happens next year. JT, they're gonna they're gonna give him that fifth year option. They have to. Yes, they may not give him that big extension yet because they want to see what happens. Last year, 2020. In 2021, second half of those years, JT, he has fell apart. You talk about, oh, he's been consistent. Yeah, he's been consistent and he's done really well and then he's done poorly. Like to me, he's enough. He, I have him number nine. I have eight guys in front of him. So top eight, like he's not a top eight. That's a comment. I, I agree there. And I mean, they're going to pick up his option again. So to extend him, I'm going to reserve my right on that one, though. Wow. Okay. See, this is why I wanted this topic. It's why I wanted this section so we can see how you really feel. So the AFC East. This was another hot topic when we you posted uh, one of our clips, I believe, about Tom Brady and if there will be another Tom Brady ever again. The AFC East was not weak during the Tom Brady era in New England and had and that had their success had zero to do with a potential weak AFC East. Okay. So basically Brady is the go and the division being weak. It wasn't weak and it had no bearing on him being the goat. So I feel like one, um, when I posted this, cause we talked about this on our last show, I feel like people, we know this people look at, there's like triggers for people in, in, in posts. Like if, the whole post could be correct, and then you see one thing, and it's just like they focus on that one thing. And I think people agreed that there won't be another Brady because of what I said, elite quarterback play, which he – I'm calling him elite, call him a good quarterback, and, of course, um, elite coaching by Bill Belichick. And then once they saw that, I, 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 called, I called the AFC East generationally weak. Maybe I was a little too harsh, but people really took issue with that. And – a lot of people were saying like, oh, like the division was not that bad. It was good. Like, you know, we were out there, the Jets, the Dolphins and the Bills were out there just beating all these other teams. And that's not true. And I'm like, as a Dolphins fan, I know that's a factor. Like, like we have been bad. Like Brady, Brady was in the AFC East for 20 years. How many times did the Patriots win the AFC East? I think like 17, 17 times, something like that. So you're trying to tell me he, he if you win something 17 times out of 20, you're just that great and your opponent is just not good. Like it's gotta be both, which is why I said what I said. Like if I play you in basketball and I probably beat you 17 out of 20 times because I get tired by game 18. Yeah. Cause you're probably cheating, but go ahead. Uh, if cheating, you mean just blowing by you and blocking all your shots. Yeah. Oh, whoa, so whoa. let's you use, do, use that analogy. You do not get by me and you know that. Oh, that's not true. Um, use that analogy. So if we played 20 games of basketball and I beat you 17, are you going to say. I don't like this analogy. Don't like it. <laughs> are you going to say that. It's just it's just not a combination of me being better and also like you just not being good at the game. Like that's what it tells you. And also, too, like, we're acting like the Dolphins didn't have like faceless quarterbacks for almost a decade. Like they were not good. Like the Jets have not been good outside of that that weird two year stretch where they went to the AFC uh, championship. And you look at the Bills like they have recently started to get competitive. Like how many top 10 picks? have been between those three teams in 20 years. Like, it's unreal. Like, 
for you to say that the AFC East was competitive during Brady's tenure is it's like laughable. And it's like, as a Miami fan, like, don't insult me. Like we have not been good for the past 20 years, except for maybe a few years here and there. You could not wait. This was definitely a JT question. This was bugging you so bad. You could not wait to address well, this technically they're Technically, you're wrong. These are not my questions. These are the posts that had the most comments. Yeah, but you, you, you finangled it into your own question. Listen, it's a comment, right? There's nothing to look into any further. The Patriots, JT, and, and I agreed with you, right? The division's huge. In terms of how weak they were, it was a, a huge factor in, in the success of the Patriots. The Patriots, against their division during that time, win percentage, 80.3. Against insane. the rest a rest of the NFL, it's still a high number, but a lot le- a little bit less, 74.5. Now, you might say it's only, you know, it's only 6%. Well, when you've had almost 300 games, 6% is a big difference now. And... Again, the ease of schedule allows you to stay healthy, allows you six easy wins. You only need four more to reach double digits to make the playoffs. You you beat your division six times. You get six more wins. That's 12. You probably have a top two seed, which is a bye week. Again, makes it a lot easier to get to the Super Bowl. And this is the, the ultimate number. You can be dominant like the Patriots were, and, but you can still have a good division. But that wasn't the case. So you can't come out and say, oh, well, you know, it it was because the Patriots were beating up these teams. No, they were beating them up, but those teams were bad. That's why they were beating them up. (laughs) JT, last time the Jets made the playoffs, do you know? Probably whenever Mark Sanchez was the quarterback. 2010, 2010. That has nothing to do with the Patriots. They're a bad organization. The Dolphins, you know how many times they made the playoffs since 2002? Six. Two times. That's that bad organization. Wrong. That has nothing to do with the Patriots. Oh, hold on. you said since when? 2002, they made the playoffs twice. Oh, okay. The Dolphins. Then 2001 to 2016, you know how many times the Bills made the playoffs? You're going to tell me. Zero. That has nothing to do with how dominant the Patriots are. It has to do with the fact that those three teams were awful. It was a weak division. I'll say it for you, a a generation, generation, generationally, I I can't get it right, generational, a generational weak division. It really was for 20 years, for 16 at a minimum until the Bills got good. So, I mean, that is a comment. There's nothing to look into. We disproved any of those comments that, oh, that was a good division. No, it wasn't. Sorry. Sorry. All right. JT, another controversial. Aaron Rodgers was never in the GOAT conversation even prior to an early round exit this postseason. To be honest with you, out of all the the things that I had to dig through for comments, this actually shocked me the most because this had the most comments. So I had to go through like – JT, if I may say, did you post that after they lost to the the, uh, the the 49ers? 49ers, Yes. But – 400 plus comments later like this is like people are still having arguments about this like weeks later so to me i feel like this is a concern because i don't believe this like everything that i've ever heard is that aaron Rodgers is in the goat conversation because of how talented he is and 
oh, those other accolades like Super Bowls don't matter. Like, that's what I've been told. And that's like the pulse of like how I feel most people have have perceived him. And for now, everybody to just say like, oh, like he was never in the GO conversation. Like, who talks about that? Like, I don't feel that way. And I'm like, who the hell, who the hell ever said that? Like, I've not heard majority people say that he is not a GOAT. It's usually people defending him because he does not have the accolades to get into the conversation. So I'm calling BS on this. I think a lot of people had him in the GOAT conversation, but I think after his recent struggles, maybe people are starting to jump ship, but I do not believe this. So you think it's a comment, not a concern? Well, I disagree with it. I don't, I don't, I don't think he was never, I guess I see what you're saying, but I'm, I'm talking about more of like, I guess I was thinking more of, do, do you believe that people never thought he was in the GOAT conversation? Not him, him actually being in the GOAT conversation. Oh, I thought, I thought people put him in the GOAT conversation. Okay. You, you felt they never did to begin with? No, I felt they did. That's why, oh, that's why okay. I didn't believe them when people were saying that in the comments. Okay. Yeah. I, I think people were putting him in the, in the GOAT conversation. Yeah. I think, I think in general. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Thanks. I mean, I had a lot more stats to go with it, but I, I see what your question was now. See, I didn't even understand the, the question. Yeah. I had to shut you down because I didn't want to hear any more, uh, any stats. What's next? Harsh. Your guy, Mike McDaniel will not succeed in Miami. Whoo, this is tough. Um, <laughs> now I want to use your, oh, can I do a comment here and a concern there? But <laughs> I will preface this by saying that I think that this is this, this, this question had a lot of reactions. One, because there's obviously a lot of Flores fans still that are around. And then also to like, obviously I think people like McDaniel because he was so liked in um, San Francisco. But I, so him not succeeding um i disagree with that so that would be a concern right correct i don't would be a concern yeah it's a concern like i I think he i think he will succeed i mean he he i'm assuming he's smart he's this offensive guy from the kyle shanahan tree um he's bringing in some interesting guys to be on his staff i mean Wes walker is going to be our wide receivers coach i mean that's all we got a slot receiver so that's the guy to teach him so I, I just feel if he can get past like all the stuff that's going on off, outside the football field and, you know, all the stuff that's going on, you know, like is he a minority hire and all that stuff. If he can, if he can, you know, compartmentalize that and lock in on the football side, like I, I think I trust the, the organization that he came from enough that he has to know something. I mean, if everybody's calling him a genius and he comes here and he's just the dumbest person on earth, then this is the best, like what do they, what do they call it? This is the best like sales job I've ever seen. Like this is the biggest con of all time. Like he went to an Ivy league. Everybody swears he's a genius. Like he got to be able to do something. So, and plus I'm a Dolphins fan. So I'm having faith that this is not true. And it's, it's a concern. See, you're going with your heart there. And that's when you, it's when it fails. It's when it fails. This is a comment, JT. He's got a lot of work to do on offense besides just a Jalen Waddle. Like you got to have and bring in other pieces. First time coach in an organization that has not won. That sucks. Just say it. Yeah. I mean, you said it for me. That's not a good combination. And, you know, let's face it. Guys that have been really young that have had success, Mike Tomlin, Sean McVay, like those are special, special coaches, JT. I don't know if Mike McDaniel is that special, special coach that can do it that soon he has zero it, confidence in run game coordinator. So that's what you're telling us. 
No, that has nothing to, to do with it. Listen, he coaches in an organization. You were you alluding to it. He coaches in an organization that has issues at the top. And I tell you, you can get lucky one year, maybe another year, but to consistently be consistently good, consistently great, that's not the Dolphins right now under this ownership, under this leadership group. I'm sorry. Listen, no offense and lack of leadership at the top equals a formula for failure, JT. Sorry. All right, one more, JT. Derek Stingley Jr., we're getting ready for the NFL draft. You and I probably are one of our favorite things, right? right, I I would invite you for the NFL draft, but I feel like you're just going to tell me no, but we'll talk about it after the show. Yeah, we could talk about it. Off air, off air, off the record. Derek Stingley Jr. is not a top five prospect in this year's draft, nor is he the top cornerback in the draft. This is funny because I felt like we talked about this a year ago about, oh, um, is he going to be like this transcendent talent? And I remember my concern with this was everything on paper tells me he's going to be elite. Like, obviously, he's got the athleticism. He's got the he's got the accolades like he's a highly rated recruit. But my, my concern was I was like, but he just doesn't do anything. Like he hasn't done anything to tell me, like, I should waste a top five pick on him at LSU. And I, I, if I recall correctly, your you had give me this this breakdown about your argument was how bad they are when he doesn't play. And to be honest with you, I thought everybody felt the way that you did about Terry Stingley about like, oh yeah, like he's just the next Jalen Ramsey locker. Like he could never play another game at LSU again, and you know he's just going to be that guy. So when I saw so many people writing this, like you know, like he's not even the best cornerback, I disagree with that because if I had to take a quarter cornerback first it would probably be him just on potential alone but for people to say like he's not a top five prospect that really shocked me so that's why I put this in here um I'm really torn because that's if if he's not a top five prospect then like like how are people viewing him like is he top 15 like that's not good (laughs) like especially like with how they've been hyping him up so man um I guess I'm really torn. I guess I'll say concerned because I do think he's a top five prospect. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I, I'm believing in his ability and that he is worth a top five pick. So I'm going to go with the concern. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the comment because I think he is a top five prospect and I think he's the, no disrespect to Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley Jr. is the Oh, top. yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be taking Sauce Gardner over, well, over him. Okay, so then who else is there? Who else is there that you could say is the top corner? It's I, Derek Stingley I, To be Jr. honest with you, like, I haven't looked I, – I can honestly admit I haven't looked at the cornerbacks that are going to be available, but I'm assuming he's top two. Listen, but that's not the thing. The thing says he is not a top corner. He is a top corner. No, the it's, top corner. He is the top corner in the okay. draft. Yes. That's your he's, boy. I get it. He's 6'1", 195 pounds. Great size for an NFL corner. I don't know why you're laughing. That's a great I'm size. I'm not laughing. I, just, I, I know you really like him, so I'm, I'm just getting ready for you to go on this stats l- rabbit hole. Listen, he has, he has great length for a corner, can get hands on at the line if need be. Footwork for a 6'1 guy, footwork is, is impeccable. His change of direction, again, for a 6'1 guy is great. 
We know his ball hawk skills. If it's in his area, you got to look out. Could be a turnover. And then his versatility. He can play in multiple defensive schemes as well as multiple positions. You can move him out to safety one play, back down the corner on another play. Listen, best corner in the draft. Listen, Sauce Gardner is up there, but Stingley, let's face it, JT, he did it in the SEC as well. So that's another mark of validation that he's the top corner okay Uh, one question you might not know the answer to this how many games has he played at lsu so well that was the thing right this past year i think he played three no more than four games so that's a concern but if we're going just how many games did he play last year like seven well um he you mean in 2020 yeah i think i thought he played more than than that but i could be wrong so, so the reason I bring that up is I feel like the thing that's going to be going for him is, oh, like he has, you know, experience against SEC competition. But I'm like, does he really? Because he hasn't really played that many games, as you well, would his, expect. Well, his freshman year, he was a true freshman. He played. Yeah. All right. We'll see. So top, he is the top corner and he, he is. is a top five prospect. Cool. Yes. All yes. Right. Top five prospect. I mean, you you look at the list. I I don't know who you put in front. I don't know. As far as I don't, trust, the top I don't trust anybody else in the first Listen, round. Listen, JT, I, I saw a mock draft today that had, and again, I I like him at quarterback, but they had Malik Willis go into the Carolina Panthers at like number three or four. They had the Steelers trading up to the ten spot to take Sam Howe. I mean, there's no way. Twin, they can't do that. There's, there's no way. What? No, no, go ahead. There is no way. <laughs> that's messed up. There is no way that Stingley's not a top five prospect in this draft. I don't see five other guys better than him. I yeah, I'm not drafting Christian Ponder just to say like, all right, I don't want to take Stingley in the top five. Right. There you go. So JT. Anything else on this 100th episode before we shut it down? No, no. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll be changing the name to this, but I do like the fact that we can um, talk about what our fans are talking about. So yeah. like that, that's that's going to be unique and fun going forth. But no, uh, glad to be doing 100 shows with you. Hope we do 100 more. I just hope the next 100, one of them is picked up by like ESPN or somebody. That would be fun. But uh, no, thank you for working with me. I know it's difficult sometimes, but uh I wouldn't do 100 shows with anybody else, so I'll have to be nice to you today. Sometimes. Like, all the time it's difficult working with you, man. But I agree with you. It is with all the great ones. See, again, that's why it's so difficult to deal with you and your ego. So, But but I agree, JT. Wouldn't want to do the show with anyone else. 100, here's to 100 more, and then 100 more after that. And hey, if you're whoa, ESPN, whoa, whoa. we gotta talk contracts, but in theory, yes, I, I told I you agree with eternity, you. bro. Forget about it. There is no contract anymore. So if ESPN's listening, pick us up. At at least you'll get true debates, you know, between the two of us. Like we we take these debates um to, to it to the next level. But to the fans and listeners out there, listen, keep dropping those comments in Instagram because. Hey, we get enough of the same. We'll we'll present that topic on the show, and then you can further debate us and tell us why we're wrong. So, or at least JT is wrong. So, but JT, man, it is an honor doing the show with you. 
Great job, as always, and to the fans and listeners, thank you for listening to the 100th episode of JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, great episode, 100 in the books. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.